This is Left Trigger. <laughs> that is entirely too long. <laughs> so yeah, like what I said, welcome so, to welcome. the last episode of Left Trigger. We're doing them backwards. The oh yeah, that's We're right. We're recording the last one first, and then... Next time we'll record the penultimate episode and right. etc. Oh hell yeah! I can't wait for to do the first episode so we can talk about all the things that we're going to do when we have already done them. Yep, we're actually in this episode. We're going to be talking about uh, Final Fantasy 16, and it's going to be the reason why Hagen quits the podcast and we uh, fall apart. Yep, it's all Yoshi P's fault. As good yeah. a reason as any. Base Yoshi P. So, do you want to put names to voices, or do you want to just keep talking and maybe they'll figure it out eventually? We can just let them figure oh. it out on their own. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. part of the charm. Yeah, it's part of the. It's we're we're uh, doing a bit actually. It's like a it's puzzle, just an extended bit. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. Well, we're not gonna put the names to the voices because this is the last episode. Everybody already knows who we yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Introductions are for the first episode. Like, I mean, I, professional podcasters are like every episode. They're like. Oh yeah, uh, hi. Oh, it's my me, name, Patrick Klepek from Waypoint Radio. Cumrag, and this is the Cumrag podcast where we talk about cum and rags. But us, we're not professional, so we we don't do um, name intros every episode. A minute into the last episode, and someone has already evoked cum. I think that's probably uh, I mean, yeah. I think that's probably on brand. Just a big pile of cum is our mascot. Yeah, <laughs> or just cum as a concept. I mean, Ooh. how do you think we how do you think we lubricate the left trigger? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there you go. Peggy, eighteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. sounds like, yeah. sounds like fun. Um, okay, so we're not going to say what our names are. That's fine. Um, cool. But we could theoretically, I guess, talk about video games if you all would like to do that, or we can I just keep talking about come. I thought I thought Sean I thought Sean bringing up Final Fantasy 16 uh, would be a good segue. Oh, are you guys playing? Into talking about maybe Final Fantasy 16. Oh, okay, yeah. so Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, I'm like 15 hours in, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already beaten it. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's I haven't good. started it yet, like most games. Um, but it looks it looks pretty. Yeah. Guys, I I don't. This is probably a hot take. But I think that Final Fantasy 16 might be in my top 10 games of all time. Oh, wow. This is surprising. Shocking and surprising. Yeah. Never saw that coming. I like the part, like, 12 hours in when the main character just starts flossing. I thought that that was really cool. I like the part. Like, his dental health is improved? Yeah. That's what I meant for sure. My my favorite part about Final Fantasy 16 is is you get 15 hours into the game and finally a character speaks. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, uh, because well, of all the combat. Did yeah, anybody so much who combat. wants to play Final Fantasy should they start from 16 and work their way backwards? Yeah, no, for sure. 
for sure. Okay. My my favorite part of Final <laughs> is Fantasy is this a sarcasm podcast? We're just gonna be sarcastic the whole time. My favorite. Part what are you talking Final, about? My favorite part of Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> is the part where Zach goes back over this in post production, and he just like puts a bunch of bunch of like sensors, like it's just a bunch of beeps, and then yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think that'd just be funny. That'd be it. That's so, comedy gold. Comedy gold. I even uh, gave you some space to work with, Zach. I mean, I don't know about all that. I'm. That sounds like too much work. Too much work in post. Okay. No, no post uh, production happens on these episodes. That's too professional for us. Justin no, already. We do we do everything live here? So whenever I say things, like and <laughs> you guys, it's just it's already done. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Justin already played the theme song, so I don't even have to edit that together. So, like, I'm That's just, true. I'm just gonna cut off the part of the recording that was before the podcast or before the theme played. Put that at the end, and oh, then, yeah. and then move on with my life. That's hot. It makes sense. It's called um, what's it called? A stinger. Yes. That's it. Yeah. 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 We don't have like an outro theme. So I'm just going to screech, and that can be our outro theme. We should use Back in Black by (laughs) AZDC. How much... Here, I'll Google. How much does it cost to sample Back in Black? For how long? For like 10 seconds? Oh, what? (laughs) I didn't get an answer. Like $530,000, I think. That's, that, that's chump change for Justin. So an actual... No, I just sample it anyway and don't care about what happens. <laughs> and the deal afterwards. with the ramifications later. Yes. <laughs> if I process it hard enough, it won't matter. What if if I sing it instead of playing the recording? That Interpolation? As... Yeah. I can do that. That's, yeah, you still can, do that too. You can get away with... No, it doesn't... It doesn't... Mm, same loot. You're same laws apply. Get... I don't think so. It would be considered containing a rendition of... Yeah, it's transformative work. I mean, that's protected, at least for now. Speaking of transformative works, my favorite video game I've played so far this year has been Like a Dragon Ishin. And um, I'm the only one who's played it here, so nobody else can talk about it with me, which is really sad. That's how the format of this podcast is going to be. We're going to one-off mention that we've all been playing disparate games and... (laughs) Like we're just sad the other people aren't playing them because they're not as good sh- as us. Tell Maybe they shouldn't have like. put streamers in that game, and I would have played it. Tell me what you like about like a dragon Ishin. So, Yakuza Eight, like a dragon Ishin Remix Deluxe, is a video game for the PlayStation Five, uh, where you can uh, cosplay as um, somebody who likes Japanese history instead of just regular weeb. And it's really cool. It's got really good sword combat. Uh, it's got a cool like dungeon thing that you can do over and over again and get like rewards. And apparently has like some kind of side story that I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, and yeah, it's just the my favorite Yakuza game I played so far. So, but I also should put the asterisk there of I've only played uh, seven and zero, and not even all the way through for those. 
How far did you get into seven? Um, I feel like I'm about ten hours into seven. Ooh, boy, you didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah, I still got a lot to play. That you're still game. on the first island. Still, Japan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Japan's a collection of islands, I think. Yeah, but he's on the island. Like the TV show Lost. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I played Yakuza as well. I don't know why you just assumed no one else had played it. I played Yakuza for about 10 hours as well. Like, Wait, you played Ishin? No, I played Yakuza. The first one. The game, the one. The game, the called, one. The game called Yakuza. He beat it at my house. I did because Justin and Shay are bad hosts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Justin just like I'm sitting on Justin's couch playing Yakuza and he's like, Okay, <laughs> see ya and then leaves for like twenty minutes. I don't even know where he went. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you were sitting on Justin's lap. <laughs> well that was that was earlier. When I first got there I sat on his lap and then he was like, Hang on, I gotta vacuum my room and then disappeared for twenty minutes even though his room is very tiny. I forget what else I was doing, but it wasn't just that. You know, there's more stuff. Fucking cranking one out, dude. <laughs> I there's have that effect than... on people. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta vacuum my five square foot room. You just like turn the vacuum on and your room's vacuumed already. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of nooks and crannies in here, believe it or not. He goes in there and like how people like turn the sink on when they're jerking off in the bathroom so you don't hear him. He goes in his room and turns on the vacuum. <laughs> um so Sean, I will probably play mm -hmm. like a Dragon Ishin, but I'm not gonna play it until um I'm playing the games in like release order. So mm -hmm. so I'll probably play it when the original was released, which I think is around the same time as zero so i got a bunch of really long games to play before i play it but i'm looking forward to it based on y you talking about it well i guess i'll see you in 15 years so we can have a chat about that <laughs> game i will play it sometime this year probably i think the yakuza games get progressively longer so like the first game took me 10 hours and now they're saying 18 hours for Yakuza 2, so... Um, 6... 6 is not nearly as long as 0. I'll play 0 whenever it was released. I think it was before 6, so I'll play it between 5 and 6. Yeah, 0 is 2017, 6 is 2018. But yeah. In the West. Trying to become a Yakuza boy. Uh, You're gonna have to get some tattoos first. I, you did them after. I don't know. I don't know how the Yakuza works. Uh, honestly, Justin, you, you know, weren't you in the Yakuza before? Would you elaborate? I wasn't in the Yakuza, no. Oh, Why, you what, lied what to made me. You say, what made you say that? When you literally told me, and I quote, hey, I joined the Yakuza. That wasn't me. You've got me mistaken with someone else. I'm being gaslit right now. Big surprise. Why would, why would me, Mr. Turns on the vacuum in his room to... <laughs> to jerk one out join the yakuza so you can put the squeeze on some merchants bro with my vacuum <laughs> yeah 
That's part of your like, like, a, like, like when they don't pay up for their protection. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, the you're the guy they summon in with, with the, the little card. <laughs> yes. You just drop him from the sky and and hit him with your vacuum, I guess. I don't know. Actually, what I do is I just turn on a vacuum and then I whip out my big dick and just whack him. Oh, with it. right. Do you fuck the vacuum? It's a great question. So let's talk about a different game. <laughs> wait, wait, quick. Yeah, I, I made my contribution to the episode. I'm out. Quick question, Sean. Um, how's the random encounters in that game? Because a lot. There's a lot. There are a lot of them. <laughs> that is There's unfortunate. There's so many of them. There that are literally, you literally cannot go like 15 feet. Yeah, that's how. Like, I... if, if you were walking, like, if, imagine that your child does, like, swimming, like, competitively, like, in high school, right? And you're that, you're that fucking annoying-ass parent who, like, walks up and down the pool alongside them as they're going to cheer them on. By the time you got to the halfway point of the pool, if you had just gotten out of a fucking encounter, guess what? Another encounter's fucking starting, boys. That is the most insane metaphor for random encounters in a video game I've ever heard! <laughs> But I was wondering, because the Yakuza in the original, it's really bad, too. So I was curious if they kept that going. Sounds like they do. Oh, yeah. That's, like, as much as I like the Yakuza games, I, I've played more of them than anybody in here. Um, but I they have too much combat. They, there's <laughs> way too much fucking combat in Yakuza games. It does feel like a lot. I'm going to remember that metaphor for the rest of my life i'll be on my deathbed and i'll be like you remember that time when we recorded the podcast because we'll be on deathbeds together right and holding like, hands yeah yeah and kissing um <laughs> smoochies <laughs> god I, I wow that is the pinnacle of the art form right there so uh does anybody have a video, like another video game to talk about, or should we just call call it quits? Honestly, I think we should just call it. I think I just I, I the podcast is yeah. my metaphor, I... and so I'll just see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> oh, he's bringing the bit to to well, prime well, now time. that he's gone. Can I give my hot take on Metroid Prime? Please do. It is uh, kind of overrated. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. I thought so too. It has a four point five on backlogged. He people really like Metroid Prime. I I will say I think it does a pretty good job of translating what like two D Metroid ostensibly does well into a, the three D space, which is kind of like the thing that Nintendo has kind of always been really good at, right? Like we know that a lot of the games from the 2D era did not transition well to 3D, but a lot of the mainstay Nintendo games like Mario and Zelda did make a particularly graceful transition to 3D. I, I, I think Metroid is, it works in that regard. I, I just don't think I like Metroid games that much. I think I'm in the same boat. Like, the, the vibes are cool. The soundtrack is cool. Uh, that game is at its best when you're just kind of like exploring, looking for how to like progress through the area. So and how it is Metroids work. Yeah, but then you get towards the end of the game, and there is just a fuck ton of combat, which 
I don't know how recently you've played Metroid Prime, but the combat in Metroid Prime is not particularly good since you're just locking on to enemies and shooting them with the color coded weapon yeah. that that they're that they are that they are very obviously telegraphing to you. Like these enemies cannot be damaged unless you switch to your purple weapon or your 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 white cum cannon for the white enemies. Like and it gets really bad when you're near the end of the game, you've unlocked all the regions, you've gone to all the areas, now you gotta do a treasure hunt and you gotta go back through all those areas again that you've already been to and you gotta find these little fucking collectibles. There's there's 12 of them and you gotta find them. Then you can go to fight the final boss and there's like two in each... I, I think there's a, the there's three in one of the areas. And what if the game has so much fucking combat, which is really annoying at this at this portion of the game because you don't because you're just wanting to run through these areas so you can go to where you know the collectible is because the game will tell you where it's at on your map. It'll say there's been an, an anomaly detected, and you'll go to that spot on the map, and sometimes you'll get hung up. Like if you're running through a room with Metroids and like and you get grabbed and it it's it's very annoying and I don't think the boss fights are that good either question mark especially not the last one the fight with Ridley at the end and this kind of applies to a lot of the boss fights for the most part is that you figure out what you're supposed to do and then you have to do that just over and over for like. 10 minutes because they have so much fucking health. It's like, alright, we get it. Real quick, Metroid Prime 2 has a worse, um, an even worse uh, treasure hunt uh, gimmick yeah, near the end. People, people seem to like the 2 and 3 a lot less than 1, which makes me worry that they are probably bad. Because I would give one. It's not bad. One's not bad. One is. It's okay. It's an okay game. It is a video game. Wait. I it's feel a video like game? It's a video game. Based based on what you say about the combat, is it seems like the combat in that game is very one dimensional. Once you realize like the way that you have to go about attacking the creature versus like in the 2d uh, metroid games it's more platformer focused on like being able to avoid enemy attacks and things like that um are a bit makes the fights feel a bit more alive than in the 3d version which works better in a 2d space because you can see all that's happening around you whereas like in prime when you're just trying to get through an area and you're having to do first-person platforming, which uh, this game is, like, markedly better at than a lot of other first-person games, but you also can't see behind you, so, like, it's not like you can dodge a Metroid that's, like, that's lunging at you from behind. You just gotta hope it doesn't grab you while you're running towards the exit of the room. But the music's good. The music in that game is amazing. The 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 Phenadra wastes the like the snow uh, area. Depths, depths. Yeah. great, great, great soundtrack. Probably the, the best Metroid area Prime, in the game too. 
Metroid Prime 2 soundtrack is also really good, despite it being a worse game. I will say, Metroid Prime is a lot better than Dread is. I would play Metroid Prime 1 10 times over, if... I would rather play that game 10 times in a row than have to play Dread again. I like how in the in Metroid Prime, I like the way that they kind of like blend in the puzzles with the world. Um, especially with like the morph ball mechanics and things like that. I think that did, was one of the pretty cool things. Did Metroid Dread even have puzzles? Yeah, it did for the... It was for the for weapon the upgrades. Emmys. Oh, what weapon upgrades? Where you, you, you get for more rockets? Missile, yeah, you're getting more missiles. <laughs> you're, you're just getting, getting more, more missiles. Energy tanks. Those are the puzzles. Oh, yeah. dude. The, see, do, in Prime, it feels better because like, you have like a, a wider... Like you get like four four different weapons and like multiple other things where it's like in Dread, you get like your rockets and then you get the screw attack and then you get um fuck do you get anything else god damn the power bombs. do you get the wave beam in dread <laughs> yeah but it the thing is whenever in the 2d metroid games whenever you get a weapon upgrade for your beam it replaces your beam completely oh yeah it's so you only have dynamic. one beam yeah you're not switching between different beams like you are in the prime games yeah, Metroid. Metroid Dread is uh, not a good game. I feel like I just don't like the genre in general. I haven't really played one that's kind of jumped out at me. Uh, I am like playing through Hollow Knight right now, so maybe that'll change. Man, but that game's Kino. I mean, if if you don't like Symphony of the Night, then you won't like any of them. I haven't played because Symphony of the Night is the, it's the best. daddy. It is the number one. Yeah, it's, it is eh. my number one. <laughs> Hollow Knight's better. Yeah, I can play Hollow Knight a lot easier than I can play Symphony of the Night, so I'm playing Hollow Knight, but we'll see. Good choice. You're playing Hollow the Knight's game. good too. I like Hollow Knight. Um, if we're done talking about Metroid, can we talk about Season? Since two of yes. us played Season. Yes, we can talk about um Fortnite Season Eight or or whatever season they're on now. Yeah, they Fortnite, added Fortnite good. They added Geralt of Riverdale. <laughs> Geralt of Riverdale is my new Fortnite main. I love that they just I love that some motherfucker wrote a book called Ready Player One and Fortnite was like, take notes, take notes. We can do that. We can do that exact same fucking thing, because that is all But give it a battle pass. Yeah, or give it a, give it a battle pass. There would have been battle passes in Ready Player One if they would have existed when he wrote that book, for sure. Absolutely. It would uh, have been the only way to afford your insulin shots. <laughs> uh, season, um, A Letter to the Future, is a game in which you ride your bike around and scrapbook. Um, and it's pretty short but it's nice it's a nice game it's like a breath of fresh air because yeah the like whole conceit is like you are your friend has a premonition that the end of the season is coming and they don't really 
at least not initially elaborate on what that means they sort of speak about it as like an apocalyptic event of sorts where like it is a it is a a a a significant change to the world is about to happen like maybe not like an actual apocalypse but something is about to happen so you are sent out by your village to chronicle the end of the season by taking photos and recording things and in and chronicling you know that moment in time and as you go out of your journey you find yourself in this valley that is about to be flooded incidentally timing with the end of the season and there it's being flooded by this group that wants to bring about the next season because they want to usher in a new age in kind of like make like a utopia type beat is what they're trying to make but basically you're just going around this valley where the majority of people have already been evacuated to that group's utopian city and you're riding around on your little bike and you're taking photos and you're uncovering details about the world and the people that lived here, their norms, their values, how they live their lives. And it's kind of just your kind of as you go through the game and you scrapbook and you're taking these photos, you are chronicling your own interpretation of it and like your own view of 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 the past and the present. And it's uh pretty good. Yeah. I liked playing it. It um This seems like a game I would enjoy. I'm looking um, at the trailer videos. It um it definitely op- like you kind of have to stick with it for like half an hour because I, I feel like it starts kind of slow, but once you get to the valley, um, it, it's it's pretty cool. It once you get to the valley, it's it's just this one big open area, um, and it has like a a mapping mechanic to it so that you can easily figure out which areas you've been to and which areas you haven't been to, uh, and it has like pretty big story stuff to do but it it's it, and as long as you're not a completionist like two different people could play this and get different experience uh with the stuff that they decide is important enough to do before you go to the point of no return um i will say the it's a minor complaint but the one thing i didn't like about it is um so there's two types of scrapbooking there's hey, you're in an area and you can do whatever you want to do and you can fill out the scrapbook however you want and then there are are areas where you have to fill in the scrapbook in a very specific fashion um like very specific photos very specific um like little i don't know scrapbooking audio files and stuff like that and uh i thought i would like that at first but there was a couple of times where i kind of hit a wall where i couldn't quite figure out what it wanted me to do to fill out the scrapbook in the way that would like unlock the um the piece of story that's corresponding to whatever thing i'm scrapbooking um and and most of those are off the beaten path the ones that are on the path they're pretty easy but um i don't know it just it it has like light puzzle elements and sometimes the light puzzle elements feel like they clash with the overall design of like just chilling riding your bike and hanging out with people which is the best part of the game 
it's kind of like the thing I really liked about it is I don't know if anyone else has played Umarangi Gen uh, Generation, but these are two games that are kind of approaching the same midpoint from different ends. So, like, both games involve photography and chronicling the end of something. Something kind of like apocalyptic. In Umarangi, Gen in Umarangi Generation, you're chronicling the last days of or the last generation of this group of colonized people that are seeing like the death of their, their culture and the death of their language like within you know as the generations go by people will forget this culture people will forget this language and in a way it's kind of like a small apocalypse in and of itself and season is kind of approaching that same kind of like moment in time or way of life vanishing but from the perspective of like an actual disaster happening to a region and this happened around the time I was playing season like you think about the disaster in East Palestine Ohio and how the people in that region are probably no longer going to be able to live there and the ones that do are going to have to deal with, you know, like the ramifications of that train derailment. And in a way, these are their own small apocalypses because you're seeing the end of a portion of people's lives where they're being uprooted by something that they had no control over. And seasons kind of like you're able to. To like to manifest those small moments and the fact that these people existed in the way that they did. And it was. Yeah. I don't know. It's a pretty touching game. Yeah, it's pretty like it's it's pretty like mall guy spiritualism sometimes with like it's it's Buddhist themes, but I don't think it's ever like really annoying with its mindfulness. Is like the whole thing they're dying. Like it's like a mindfulness game. Yeah. I put seasons come, seasons go. That's how we already know. I put yep. Umaragi Generation on my uh, wish list. That sounds cool. Good game. Justin, how long were you sitting there waiting to say that? So let's talk about the next game. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I have is Hogwarts. So if somebody wants to talk about something different, that's fine. I'm, I'm going to circle can... way back. Hold on. I'm going to circle we... way back. Okay. Earlier, Hagen had a sentence that he was talking about something chasing you out of a room while you don't want to grab it. So in the spirit of something that wants to chase you out of the room and you don't want it to grab you, Justin, did you play any fun games recently? <laughs> um, thinking back, fun games recently... Has Justin played anything besides League in the last two months? We are in a... Um, bad place right now in terms of the gaming uh, I recently started I guess not recently now but playing League of Legends um, with friends and uh, at first it was really fun <laughs> League is really fun when you don't know what you're doing and your friends don't know what you're doing um, but then you start playing with people that do know what they're doing and uh, toxicity arises, and it doesn't become as fun anymore. But um, I mean, if if you want me to talk about that, 
I don't, I don't know. Would you rather me talk about League and Dota, or would you rather listen to Zach talk about Hogwarts? Por que no los dos? Yeah, talk right. about League, Justin. Do it. Talk about it. All right. Based on my short, uh, relatively short experience playing League, I have t come to the conclusion that League is the worst. Um, not the worst. Dota is just a better MOBA than League is. League is basically like a one-dimensional MOBA game where all of the mechanics are as simplified as they possibly could be. But then whenever shit happens in team fights, even if you know what characters can do, sometimes just by the way things are designed, it is very difficult to parse what is actually happening in that game. Another thing that I want to mention, um, and this might only be because of how low MMR I have, um, but League is like one of those games where... Or, and I've I've actually watched I've watched some pro games and League feels like one of those games where it's not actually a team game. It feels like based based on my experience and from watching the actual like team aspect of League doesn't actually happen until end game um, or mid to late game when like players start actually working together aside from bot lane. Whereas in Dota, that happens a lot earlier. And in Dota, there's multiple ro roles that roam around rather than just one role. Um, but yeah, Dota's, Dota's a lot more... a lot more nuanced in how it goes about making the game f have variety, making each game that you play have variety. Um, whether it be in the way it does the map like in in league the way that the fog of war is handled in league and fog of war is basically just like what you're able to see on the map based on how much you, vision you have the way that that is handled is um there's not different elevations but rather they just put barriers on the map and then also bushes which you can hide in um, that you can hide in i feel like the bush mechanic is like kind of like the cheap way of like trying to make the map have like get, I guess give you like ways out or like strategizing around bushes it's so fucking weird um, versus like Dota has granted more mechanics but also these mechanics add to like the different strategies you can go about doing things and then also just like the number the number of options that you have with the map having different elevations having trees um these are like these are just like some of the little things that like i just kind of like look at and i'm like man this game this league of legends game is extremely simple compared to dota um quick question yeah in either of these games, can you be Pikachu? No, you cannot be Pikachu. Doesn't sound like a good MOBA then. Now, there is a character in League of Legends called Teemo, but it's not like a it's it's a little it's a little rodent. You play as a little rodent, but it's nothing like Pikachu. 
There's a better character in League of Legends than Pikachu. Her name is Ari. Right, yeah. So um, I will say that League of Legends, uh, the character designs are... You know, most of them, most of them look a lot better than the Dota ones as far as like the concept art and shit like um, they they definitely simp over there in League Land. Um, so, I mean, Dota Dota feels more traditional to like the, the Warcraft type of feel that you would expect, like a D&D type of uh, character design. Uh, up until their most like recent character that they came out with. Zach, I'm posting they, a, a character in the chat. Kay. They designed based on the anime, which is weird, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. League of Legend, League of Legends. They don't, they don't care. They uh, <laughs> every time they I get... see a female character from League of Legends, it makes it like I, I can't help but imagine that like everyone who works at Riot just has like a raw penis like they just have like i mean shit to the i mean you would do dude if you dude. if you had these absolute banging waifus just like all over the walls when you walk into work all day of course you're gonna I'm, like crank one out in the bathroom like every 10 minutes i'm gonna post that's really demented i'm gonna post <laughs> uh i mean that's not as bad as what happens at blizzard i'm gonna post a character model from my favorite MOBA. <laughs> oh hell yeah. I mean come on. Better be guard oh that's let me, not let me show that's not you, Zach. These, for for so listeners I... for listeners who cannot see what is happening right now, the picture that Zach posted was a scissor from Pokemon Unite. Yeah, the only good MOBA, because you can be Pikachu. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. League of Legends has Evelyn. All right, I'm going to show you two different concept arts of two of the same character archetypes from both games. One of them is from Dota, one of them is from League, and I think you will easily be able to um, discern. Yeah, you'll you'll easily be able to pick out which one is which. I can just find uh, they put freaking concept art for Queen of Pain. They put oh, they have figures. They oh, put... you already posted Evelyn, so there's that one. I feel the need to point out that we are falling down a rabbit hole that is very visually based, and uh, we are not a visual medium right now. People just need to Google Evelyn in League of Legends. That's all you need to see. They put Dragapult they... in fucking Pokemon Unite. We we do like Dragapult. Pokemon Unite is good. I like. I like Pokemon Unite. Maybe United this is straight all up, we get. Pokemon Unite is straight up a better game than Dota. League of Legends. So I find that hard to believe. Hagen is posting just for the listeners. Hagen is posting uh, League of Legends waifus, and I'm posting Pokemon <laughs> waifus. <laughs> League just has an edge here. I don't League, know. Yeah, Look at those League. League... Not to say that the character design in Dota is bad, but League is definitely not afraid to get their hands dirty, if you know what I mean. League is a very sexual game, too. Like, when these characters die in the game, they the voice actors for these characters sound like they were just, like, nutting themselves in the recording booth. It's really weird. I'm just... League just has this, like, weird sexual energy that, like, permeates all of it. It feels kind of dirty. Like, League feels like a dirty game. It is a dirty game. Um, it's yeah. I 
I don't know. Like the game, the game feels ex just just from the start, like from the very start of the game, it has a very poor, um, a very like I mean, and with MOBAs, it's going to be hard no matter what. But I feel like League especially has a very poor newcomer experience first by limiting the number of heroes you can play but they call them champions in league but like you literally cannot play like you can only play what's in the free rotation until you play long enough to get in-game currency to unlock the others or you have game pass or you can buy them um but there's like over 160 champions or something in league it, it's it is ridiculous how many champions there are in league um, and there's like a hundred and uh, a little more than a hundred in Dota, um, but it's it not not only that, but in League, as far as like strategizing goes, the uh, once you once you start the game, it is set in stone like what you are going to like how you are going to be playing um, there because the way that in league the way that they provide you a way of having um like different play styles with your characters is through these things called rune pages and so basically you set up all these tiny little perks you have to set up a bunch of these perks um for your character before the game starts right and so all of these perks will align to a specific play style. And once you get into the game, let's say like something changed, right? And you're just like that play style is not as effective anymore. You're just fucked. Like you have to play that play style. Otherwise, you're not going to be effective at all. Whereas in Dota, they don't have things like that, um, which... In, instead in dota it's more of like your your entire like way of playing is based on the picking phase and then what is actually going on in the game um and having to adapt to what other players are doing and as far as what they are getting like their items and what build path they are going that is something that you can actually adapt to in dota whereas in league you don't have as much flexibility there when you're in the game so it's it's kind of it kind of stems back to like the whole like I, I just feel like Dota is just like on a higher plane of existence in terms of like its mechanics and fundamentals than uh, than League will ever be. League does have some fun combat though. This is speaking speaking of flexible. Uh, we should. Um find a good segue so Zach can start talking about Hogwarts Legacy instead of talking more about MOBAs. Justin, you made me want to play Pokemon Unite. So, there's mm. that. Yeah, dude. They added they added Sword Doggy recently. I love Sword. Oh, that's cool. I love Sword Doggy. Yeah, anyway, so uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, a game you probably haven't heard of. It's had like no controversy surrounding it whatsoever. Um it's a pretty minor uh experience uh in terms of you know its cultural consciousness um i played like 12 or 13 hours of it before calling it quits um it is exactly what you think it is 
in terms of storytelling, in terms of gameplay, in terms of the minute-to-minute action of the game. Um, if you've played a AAA game in the last 10 years, you've pretty much played Hogwarts Legacy. Um, it mostly tries to rest on the laurels of how cool would it be to be a student at Hogwarts, um, but it doesn't really do that because the entire narrative hook of the game is that you are, are a new student at Hogwarts a fifth year so that you're not playing like a literal child you're playing a teenager um and you are teaming up with one of the professors trying to look for sources of ancient magic so that you can find the ancient magic before the bad guys find the ancient magic and so you spend a lot of time in the area around hogwarts doing wizard shit you don't necessarily spend a lot of time in classes so they kind of try to have their cake and eat it too. I mean, you can go to the Forbidden Forest and nobody says anything. So like, it's kind of just, hey, here's this big open area with Hogwarts and Hogsmeade and then a bunch of other stuff. Um, and you can do as much Harry Potter shit as you possibly could want. Um, which I know for this crowd is zero, but um, I was curious about it, even though it has, you know, controversy surrounding it. I just needed to know how the game was and uh i think other than the fact that it's very generic in terms of how it makes a hogwarts video game in terms of like hey there's a spell called Revello that can make it so that you can use your witcher senses and um the collectibles and everything just feel very rote um but i would say the worst thing about the game is the combat um because the combat, there, there's two modes to the combat. You're either hitting R2 over and over and over again, giving yourself carpal tunnel, or you are using a spell of a certain color to break a shield of a certain color that the bad guy has. So for instance, if the bad guy has a purple bubble around him, you use a purple spell and that makes the bubble go away so that you can then hit R2 a whole bunch of times before they uh, die. Uh, I'm not one of those people that cares about like ludonarrative dissonance, but this 15-year-old kills a whole lot of people in this game, and um, they don't like try to like edge away from oh you're just like fainting them or whatever. It's like your character says things like you won't be able to do such and such anymore once I'm through with you. Like you are murdering people <laughs> that are if you know bad wizards but still like you're a 15 year old who is just murdering uh as many people as humanly possible so um yeah it's uh it's a game that it's hogwarts legacy is the joker of video games in that in my estimation the discourse around joker was way more interesting than the movie Joker. The movie Joker ended up being kind of middling and uninteresting and kind of by the numbers, even though people were acting like it was either A, the worst movie ever made, or B, the best movie ever made, and I just found it kind of like a shrug. Hogwarts Legacy is almost exactly the same thing. It's a game that has a lot of controversy surrounding it and a lot of uh, hand-wringing about certain elements of it, and the conversations people are having around it are more interesting than anything that the game does itself. So that's my piece on Hogwarts Legacy, a game that I played for a short period of time that I have no desire to go back to. I hear a lot about the controversy, but I haven't heard much about the Quidditch. 
How is Quidditch in that game? Justin? <laughs> it's Justin, when you go to school for the first time and do the sorting hat, once you are sorted into your house, the professor, like the headmaster, the Dumbledore character, even though it's not Dumbledore, he literally looks and he says, because of some accidents that happened last season, there will be no Quidditch this no. year. No. <laughs> they might as well have just said, we could not find the time to develop Quidditch. <laughs> And you know they're straight up off the rip, <laughs> off the rip. They're just like, hey guys, by the way, no Quidditch. Yep. <laughs> and there is, you do ride a broom, and like they have like broom flying races and stuff. But no, no Quidditch. No Quidditch in my in my Hogwarts in oh, my saving that my for Hogwarts DLC. student sim. It's it's so crazy that. And then they bring it up other times. They're like, oh, you're a good flyer. Maybe if they ever let us do Quidditch again, you can be good at it. And it's like, stop. DLC, <laughs> I'm telling you. It's DLC. I mean, the it game's... It sounds to me like Hogwarts Legacy would have been better in a uh, Persona-style format. Yeah, for sure. But, Wait, you mean letting you date underage kids? <laughs> no, not, not... You know what I mean. I know what you mean. You know. It would definitely... I, th I think... You, feeling more like a student I think would would be better for the kind of people that want to play a Hogwarts game and well you're supposed to be a student not a person that never goes to class and instead just spends all their time doing checklist stuff in the environment while they're murdering goblins and goblin camps like that's not very <laughs> that's not really what students do in the Harry Potter universe the, the goblin stuff is also just like massively overstated like you barely do it maybe there's some more near the end game i bet there is because that's kind of where the what little story there is in the game that's kind of where the story's going but you kill way more quote-unquote bad wizards than you do goblins at least in the first like 13 or 14 hours and they're like poachers i don't understand it like it's bad a, for them to poach but it's okay when you poach like as i said the ludonarrative distance thing has never bothered me before but it makes absolutely no fucking sense that there is, like, camps of bad wizards this close to Hogwarts, and the person handling them is a 16, 15 or 16-year-old kid. Like, that just doesn't make any fucking sense in the universe that they want you to believe you're in. Um, but, I mean, you know, you can ride a broom and look at Hogwarts, and it's Hogwarts. So, the game sold like hotcakes, so I guess... Uh, my opinion on the matter is not all that relevant. You hate to see it. You do hate to see it. But, you know, it's it's par for the course. The the most mind-numbing, market-tested, fo focus-grouped shit is the stuff that sells well. So, makes sense. It's fucking a Skinner box. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the collectibles are so bad that Zach, the master of collectible games, th thought that they were tedious. That should tell you everything you need to know. I, I did not like hitting Ravello over and over and over again to see. There's a collectible in the game. They're, they're like field page, book pages. You literally can only see them if you're using your Witcher Sense. So you just have to slam on the Witcher Sense button over and over and over again to get them. Uh, which is not fun.
Yikes. So yeah, that's Hogwarts Legacy. A game I played for some reason. I'm not gonna lie. It that Hogwarts Legacy looks like one of those games that you don't need to even play to see that it's bad because it looks like every other game that's ever been made. So you you've already played this game before. Like when I watch gameplay and I see them open up the map and I'm looking at the combat and like yeah, I already know everything this game is doing. I've already played this before. And this looks like like it's just one of those. Yeah, I will say it is the only thing mi- mildly uh, worth note is that just how like mind-numbing the combat is. Because, you know, like... The combat is really bad. You can play... Like, I started Watch Dogs Legion, but I didn't play very much of it. Like, that game has decent combat, even if it is the same thing that you're talking about, right? These games you've played before. But, like, decent combat goes a long way for me at least and Hogwarts Legacy like I just could not even be bothered to care about that combat it is so bad and as you said like you can watch a video of the combat and tell you need I think you need somebody telling you that the basic attack is mashing R2 to really get how bad it is but you can tell it's bad just by looking at it I mean yeah I saw the video and I was like dude this combat looks so one dimensional it is not not interesting at all i'm like I, I was watching that one i think one gameplay footage before the game was released where it was like going through waves of enemies or something like that yeah that's that's a and, battle arena that lets you use the unforgivable spells yeah it, it just looked like pressing the same button over and over and over again and then using an unforgivable spell yep and then and, rinse repeat and that that video actually shows you like the bubble system because the in that video they have green bubbles because the unforgivable spells are green spells so you would Mm. you would need to use a green spell to undo their bubble and then smash r2 over and over and over again with adaptive triggers so there's like some resistance so it's even worse for like carpal tunnel reasons (laughs) yikes bad game i played it so you don't have to thanks I know you were champing at the bit to play it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Does anybody have anything else they want to talk about? So I feel like we should just acknowledge the giant tower of pizza in the room and um, talk about pizza tower. Because pizza, pizza's so three good. of the people in here have played Pizza Tower, and I think it's probably one of the most, if not the most, high-profile uh, indie game to come out this year. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very uh, good video game. It's a, it's a video game. It's a very good video game. If there's a game I will play when I stop playing MOBAs, it will be Pizza Tower. If there's a game that I don't really want to play any more of and I feel like I have to, it's Pizza Tower. If Pizza Tower like just it, has like this I fucking... I don't love Pizza Tower, now. Absolutely killer aesthetic. Like, that game looks fucking amazing. Dude, I was I... just watching... I was watching the bad gameplay video of the guy who can't play video games and I was still enjoying my time Why just you laughing. <laughs> uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't you, but... I was still enjoying it because, like, when he was messing up, just the 
the pure like animation of this character oh, like running so into walls and shit and just like goofing just <laughs> goofing is is like it makes the mistakes look hilarious um like it, it the quality just the i i haven't even played the game but the pure quality of of just <laughs> the aesthetic of it and, and all of the different frames are just it's beautiful it's like it's a, a big it's throwback. like a damn near perfect platformer too like i just like the platform gameplay like moving through those levels is is immensely satisfying when you're using like all the tools at your disposal and stuff especially because like the whole conceit is it's like wario land 4 where it's like the whole thing is you are gonna go through this level and you're gonna reach a point in the level where you know, like you can go through at your own pace in the first half of the level, but then you're going to reach a point at in the level where you have to now go back to the exit within the time frame, and you have to go back through the level, not necessarily in the order that you came through. And there are, like, things that you can unlock on the way there, but there's also things that you can only unlock on the way back when there's a uh, time constraint. And you really get like a nice rush when you're when you're when you're like rolling and dodging and smashing walls and stuff it like very seamlessly like it has a really good flow to it and then there like the game also does a lot of great things where not not every level has this but like every four levels or so has like its own uh there's like a gimmick where you'll have like an additional power that you'll use at some point in the level. Like one of the first ones that you get is like this knight armor where you just slide forward and it lets you knock away one of the common obstacles in the game, which is a giant rat. And um, oh, hold on one second. My McDonald's is here. I'll step <laughs> Shot. It's Shot. not, it's not that entertaining. You, you get like power-ups that let you do stuff like slide into giant rats yet somehow it just in my opinion as a big mechanics guy um it all right mcdonald's tower fully work in my opinion i think Ooh, it's, that's a bad take i'm with sean I think it's good i mean i get i get the mechanics i understand the mechanics really well i like understand how to stop my momentum in the air there's like a whole break move you get like i i get the game it's just like I think that it doesn't have it it's missing something for me. I don't know fully what it is. I don't know if it's the level design's not quite what I want it to be or um yeah, I don't know. It, Ooh, I'm about to say the line. Something. I'm about to say the line. Oh, is he about to say skill issue even though I'm This is a skill issue. Yeah. You know why is. this is a skill issue? Because Why? almost every level, because I get bored every time, is perfectly to, like... designed around your move set. Uh -huh. Like there's certain perfectly things that, that the game doesn't teach you. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, it does. It teaches you everything right at the start. Okay. But like doing things like the mid-air dive into a slope is going to significantly alter your inertia of the character and ensure that you go on fast, faster. Right. I and the combo system that too. Works. That shit fucking rips. I, yeah, I get it. I just don't. I don't love it. It's 
it's good. I think it's a solid like seven out of ten game, but I think it's way overhyped. I, I'm gonna reuse my uh, famed line of it just being Celeste for dudes who dropped out of college. It's way better than Celeste, unfortunately. There's no universe where that's true. Now, um, now Celeste, that's a fucking boring ass game. I agree with Sean. Uh, I think I like it even less than Sean does, but that's mostly because uh, I find the aesthetic exhausting. Uh, oh, I love the aesthetic. I don't mm. like. I don't like the aesthetic at all. It makes me very tired watching it. Yeah. Um, it's so good, and it reminds um, me of Boogerman. I will say the part of the mechanics. I, I don't like the level design at all. Uh, but I, generally speaking, don't like two D platformers. So that's not a huge surprise that I'm like Celeste is like the only two D platformer I've ever really connected with. Um, but. Um, and so, like, I don't like the way that the levels are designed. Um, I will say, though, that the couple bosses that I did before I dropped it, I, I really liked. So that is something positive that I can say about the game is that I liked the boss design quite a bit. I also liked when I got a chicken for a double jump. That was pretty cool. That's one of the unique gimmicks that some of the levels have. There's one where you get a gun. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> it, it is it's fucking awesome when you're like near the end of the game and they're just like oh yeah by the way you have a gun in this level here's a gun yeah <laughs> and it just deletes everything in front of you i just feel like the the enthusiasm for the game is a little misplaced i i, I don't think it's bad i just think it's <laughs> it's not what people sell it as it is, big it fans is. Of it. i think that a lot Absolutely. of it has to do i think a lot of it has to do with if the aesthetic connects for you and for me it just kind of doesn't like it's cool i like Boogerman, and like i i like these like Dude. i can appreciate the skill that went into crafting the art style for the game because it is very fluid and very good but like i i just don't really fuck with it like while I'm in game like it kind of just is like I, I think I agree with Zach but it's just kind of a little tiring somebody described so. the aesthetic as uh, visual ADHD which makes a lot of sense because I have ADHD so I don't really need that for my video games I also <laughs> have ADHD and I loved it well you know different strokes for different folks I was not a fan of its aesthetic or its mechanics except the bosses I really I really the liked really the bosses good. The bosses are really, really good. The bosses, I feel like the bosses are easily the strongest point of the game for me. Like, I think that the the level design is a little bit. I want to say it's almost overdone. Like, there's almost too much in the levels, and it kind of just makes it like, I want to engage with the the cool going fast parts, and that's really good. But I think that the sheer amount of a looking things up you have to do to find some of the secrets, and b like i feel like the amount of retreads you need to be able to get everything in one run like and to learn where everything is even organically like definitely knocks it down for me but yeah bosses fucking rock that is true big fan big big fan i we would, love punching <laughs> we love punching uh bell peppers in the face i would play the shit He's out a tomato. of tomato oh that's right he was a tomato we love punching tomatoes in the face i would play the shit out of like a Cuphead style pizza tower game. That was just the bosses. 
No way. The bosses were fine, but they're definitely not the best part of the game. There are two bosses that are really good, and the others are solid. I only did. There's good diversions. I, I only did two bosses. Um, <clears throat> see, folks, this is what is called a difference of opinion. People are allowed to do that. No, no. we need Die. we need more we need more games that are extremely just like witty and casual, and then uh, and then in the last level we give them a handgun. <laughs> That's what we need more. It's of. not a handgun; it's a shotgun. Oh, okay. No, well, just so cool. a gun, a gun, and make things real serious. There's also a level where you get flattened into a piece of pizza, and you fly around like a pizza bat. Innovative. It's awesome. My, uh, I know this is slightly <clears throat> off topic, but my, uh, my Hogwarts Legacy review on Backlogged is slowly becoming my most liked review, and it's five words. <laughs> I think that's that's how you get likes on your type reviews you. on Backlog. But it's not you, a joke. You don't actually type a review. You just type a one-line response to the game's existence. But J.K. Rowling's review on Backlog is her most liked, and it's 14 words. I don't get it. It was... A, never mind. You'll it's get not, it when you're older. It's not a... But it's not a joke. Like, I know what you're talking about, Justin. Like, a lot of Hagen's reviews... Like are very short and very funny, and he gets a lot of likes. This is like, I wrote one note and shallow. Period. Boring. Period. <laughs> Just right to the fucking point of what I thought of Hogwarts Legacy, and people are uh, eating it up. Nice. Pizza Tower. Great game. <laughs> a game. It's I one of the games that came out this year. I'll play it. Thanks, Sean. For the like. You're welcome. I, I'll never be a backlog micro celebrity like Hagen, but I'm working on it. <laughs> but you can be a backlog micro phallus like me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Okie dokie. Anything Wait, else? Hold on. I have a take. I have a take. I have a take. I, have a okay. take. I just want to stir the pot. I would rather play more male mole than play the more fuck is male tower. mole. Bad take. Mail mole fucking sucks. <laughs> Pizza towers. Dude. The fucking... Dude, don't... The fact that that entire game is built around your character being underground and yet you still get hit by projectiles that are above ground is the fucking lamest <laughs> shit no rules. humanly rules possible. It sucks. <laughs> I need to revisit Mail Mole. Does it have ultra wide support now that I have an ultra wide monitor? I don't know. If you like Mail Mole, I. Mail Mole ultra wide support. I will not understand because that game is just a fucking Mario Galaxy ripoff and you hate Mario Galaxy. Mario Galaxy fucking sucks. 21 by 9 is Mario not supported. Galaxy. Mailmole even has the same like UI when you finish a level that Mario Galaxy does. Mm-hmm. Anyway. No, I don't actually like Mailmole. I was just shitting on Pizza Tower. It sucks. Mailmole sucks. I want to go on the record as shitting on Pizza Tower. And then when I revisit it soon to finish it, and it goes to like my third favorite game of the year, then I'm going to uh, delete this episode from all That's what's gonna uh, streaming platforms. 
it's currently my second favorite game of the year. Pizza Tower, better than Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> Rough year. I think my game of the year so far, if we're going to just transition to early frontrunners for our games of the year as of March 1st, 2023, I'm stalling for time because I have to see what has come out this year and what I've played. It's probably it's probably uh, Ishin. Yeah, probably so. like a Dragon Ishin, yeah. I was going to say maybe Dead Space Remake. Cause it's really good. Um, mine's it, probably it's probably like a dragon. Mine's mine season for sure. Mine is Wanted Dead, the most Hagen game that's ever been created. I don't I don't really see game. a game being better than Wanted Dead. Like like if I sit down and look at like a a release <laughs> schedule, I don't really see anything being better than this game. It, it has <laughs> Wanted Dead has a two point five rating on fucking backlogs. Yeah, Hagen is the highest games. score. <clears throat> that's crazy dude there are no a lot of great games have bad scores like that unbacklog like uh canon lynch 2 which is another masterpiece there's never there's never been a game that i've looked at and been like this is a hagen game more than wanted dead yeah mm-hmm. i will never pl- I, I don't think i'll ever play wanted dead no that game is the most like audacious thing i've ever fucking experienced like it's 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 also intentional like all the things that that game does are so like obviously intentional it's just like dude the absolute balls that you had to have to put this in the game there are one of the characters in the game is like the gunsmith she like repairs your guns or whatever there are live action cooking videos that star the character that played her it's the character that or the actress that played quiet in metal gear solid 5 i forget her name it's just her it it is a straight faced like live action cooking show where she makes a dish and they're like 15 minutes long each and they're just in the game yeah i respect the hell out of that game probably will never play it and the combat's good i'd rather play hi-fi rush Ooh, that game's mid, mid. Half Hour Rush is mid. That was if a that, really good. Now that is. If you had a Pokemon cry, it would be that. Now that is. <laughs> now that is what Sean said about Pizza Tower. That is actually more apt to High Fire Rush. That is a fucking overhyped ass game. Agreed. Okie dokie. Agreed that it's overhyped. Also, it's better than Wanted Dead. Anyway, thank you all for listening to the last episode of What a great last episode. What a great last episode. What a great last episode. I'm glad that we're ending with Trigger. Yeah, we just, we realized after filming 573 episodes that the world really didn't need another podcast, which is just four white dudes talking about video games. So we decided to end it here after 573 episodes. Damn, we if didn't even talk about see, communism in the last want, episode. If you want to see the other 572 episodes that we have available, we're, we're going to be we're on Patreon. Um, and and OnlyFans. Subscribe to our <laughs> Patreon for $573 a month to get access to the episodes. Yeah. Don't forget our OnlyFans and our fans, Lee. Because I'm back, man. Back in black. I'm back <laughs> in black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. I'm the one with the bullet and the gun to bounce. I'm in who went again.